My daddy's gone on, my grandpa's gone on, my great-grandpa's gone on. But they still live. You know, the, the spray is still here. Well, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Tell me of a home far away. Hello and welcome everybody to It Still Lives, the Foxfire podcast. I'm Cami Ahrens, your host today, and we have special guest Barry Stiles, our curator from the museum, joining us today. So today we're going to talk about shape note music, which is something you may or may not be familiar with. Um, it's pretty regional, I think, to Appalachia, even though it didn't start here. Um, but shape note music is a very distinct style of singing. You may recognize some of the tunes from movies like Oh Brother Where Art Thou? I know there are a few shape note songs that made it into that movie, but it uh, definitely was prevalent throughout Appalachia. Barry, what do you know about shape note music? When did it start and why is it found mostly in Appalachia? I would say it's probably found mostly here just because of the slowness of change mm -hmm. you know it was sung in new england for instance new england changed a lot faster than the rural mountain area uh, shape note came about in the primarily in this area in the later 1800s it was introduced you had people that couldn't read conventional music and the style of music there's a different shape for every note so there's a square and a triangle that you could just look at the shape and know that it's the third note or the fifth note of the scale. Christian harmony has seven notes with the eighth note being the octave, like traditional music. Mm -hmm. uh, Sacred harp is a little bit older style of music and it has a four note system, sometimes with a five, fifth note too. So it seems like when Christian harmony was introduced to this area, it just took over and they had formal singing schools that were usually at a church. People would go to the school maybe for 10 days in a row. Some people would even pay, which is amazing, to go to mm. school. That as little money as there was, that going to a singing school had that high of a value that they would pay to go there. It was pretty phenomenal. And then the money was to pay the instructor, basically to teach him. So they're being formally taught how to sing this style of music. They were not really learning the notes on the staff. They were learning the shapes of the notes. And many people, that could read shape note music could not read conventional round note music, mm -hmm. that they would call it. So that, that's kind of cool. And it's really a distinct sounding music. Yeah, it definitely is. It's really sung slow. You know, the tempo is very slow and it's almost always in a minor key. Yeah, it's very mournful. Yes, almost. it's mournful. I, and I think it's because of those two characters. Those are what lead yeah. to it. And it's, some people call it a weeping sound, a weepy sound, sad sound, mm -hmm. which they liked. And that's really, you know, my opinion, carrying over from the folk ballad traditions that were brought over here. Those folk ballads are all sad for the most part. They're sung in, in like a tragic style. Yes. <laughs> and so there's just a continuation of that um, genre yeah. of music. And now shape note music, even though it's typically associated with like religious tunes, it's not only religious music, correct? Well, it, it mostly is. But mostly yeah, is. mostly is religious music that I've seen. So you'd sing, you know, your shape note in church, maybe outside of church, but it tends to be religious. And then your folk ballads tended to be non-church music. And those, usually there is no 
musical annotation for the folk mm. music. It was just oral tradition. Right, yeah. It was rare to find, at least in the mountains, it was rare to find anything written showing the music. And that was, you know, Cecil Sharp's goal was to go through the mountains and write down these songs. Some people would have, you know, maybe an ancient print off, but typically they didn't. And it was just passed down and passed down. And in both those ends, it was really interesting is that, you know, 100 years ago and earlier, people just loved to sing. Yeah. Everyone sang. It's just just astounding how much more people were musical back then than now. We listen to a lot of music now, but we all don't sing like that now. But, like, if we didn't have all of these streaming services, you know, I mean, I have right. two different music apps on my phone. Sure. But if I didn't have that, like, you know, how would I encounter music? And it would be through sharing it with somebody else yeah, or singing exactly. myself. So in some ways, I almost feel like today's, like, music culture almost discourages people from engaging in music in such a personal way as people used to. I, I think you're right. Yeah. You know, people would gather in their homes and sing. Yeah, that's what you would do. Yeah, it was a mm -hmm. social thing. Mm -hmm. And it's really, I think we're missing that. Yeah. So it was, I think that was a good quality of life that we don't have to speak. Yeah. Now, some people do now, but most, most don't. So they'd sing for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, so they would come together for community singings, which were just these day-long events either at someone's home or at a church, and they would break for a potluck supper, share a meal together, and go right back to singing. And I don't remember which contact it was, but I think it was Margaret Norton was talking about how they would stay up till like two or three in the morning singing. And she was talking about how she couldn't do that because she would just nod off. Mm -hmm. you know, but... And Aunt Ari too talks about singing till two yeah. in the morning. I mean, it was just common that people would, it's amazing. They would sing. Yeah. And they knew lots of songs. And at singings, they're typically not with an instrument, correct? It's just their voices? Well, Christian harmony in particular is sung without instruments. So okay. That's a good point to know. So you didn't have pianos in church or organs in church. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is you didn't have a choir. You know, I think most of us, when you think of church, you think of there's a congregation and then there's a choir at the front that's singing. And then Christian harmony, everyone sung. And normally you would sit in a square and then all the altos would sit on one side mm -hmm. of the square and all the tenors would sit on one side of the square. And then they're all singing towards the middle of the church. So that that's a, a distinction with shape no yeah. singing that everyone's encouraged to sing and participate. And in the center of the square, there's typically a leader, right? Who right. Who help them lead through the song. But the thing about leaders, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it, it could be anyone from the group. Yes. There wasn't like a conductor and that was their only role. Right. So there's a definitely a sense of like shared fellowship. Right. In, and then in more the formal singing, sometimes there was a a leader that was like, you're the one that's going to lead this section of it. But they love to take someone out of the congregation to have them lead because they wanted that tradition to carry on. And a lot mm -hmm. of times they they pick someone 10 years old to come up there and be the leader. Yeah. So that they're getting exposed to being the leader that's really awesome. young. So they're continuing this on. So that was that was neat that they understood that this is this is something that needs to keep on going on. And without younger people being involved, it's not going to keep on going on. Now with each section, you know, they broke up, like you said, altos, tenors, whatever. And um, did, did each of them sing a melody or were, was there one section that sang the melody and all the other sections harmonized with them? Or how did, how did the different sections flow together in the music? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So in Christian Harmony, and this, there's a book called Christian Harmony Songbook, which is sitting on my lap right now. <laughs> you can't see that, but it's on my lap. There's four parts, four harmony parts in it. 
And when the first verse is sung, they actually sing the value of the note. And it's a do, re, mi scale, just like in The Sound of Music, do, re, mi. Usually they start with law because it's a minor. They're starting with the third or the sixth note. They all sing the melody, but with different harmonizing parts to it. So it's four different notes being sung, mm -hmm. usually at one time. And which means when they sing the first verse, they would sing the do, re, mi part of it. And if you have four parts to it, they're literally singing four different words at one time. And that can sound a little chaotic if you don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. Because someone's singing do, someone's singing la, you know, and you have all this, these different words being sung. And then once they sing that first verse with the do's, then they start singing the lyrics. And then you can hear the harmonies a little mm -hmm. bit better, and they're singing the same word at that point. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite ones is I Do Me by Richard Moss because he's singing with his wife, but they're singing the same part. So you can hear his shape note singing a lot better, a lot okay. clearer than the others where they're singing four parts at one time. Yeah. And you can also really hear his embellishment in the music. He's adding things that are not in the written music. He's adding turns, I call them. Oh, that's cool. Where they, la, 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 la. Yeah. So, you well, can hear kinda... that. So they, they put some artistry into the singing mm -hmm. beyond what's in the written music too. So that that's pretty cool. And that's another thing that's characteristic of a lot of uh, Gaelic style or Celtic styles of singing, isn't it? Is those trills and... Mm -hmm. Right. And the, and there's the thing about the Gaelic, from what I understand, they didn't sing harmony in Gaelic music in the old days. It was just like everyone sang the same note. Oh, And if okay. you played an instrument, they're all playing the same note. So you don't have that... that layers of, of harmonies mm -hmm. in it, which is a lot simpler to do, particularly in a pub, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would think, anyhow. Um, yeah, so although it's like a really, a, a lot of richness to the music. It's, right, you know, and it, it's... Very robust and full. Very full and very complicated harmonies. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit different aesthetic than what we're used to now, you know. So it's an older sounding music. Yeah. And the students with, with George Reynolds, they went out and recorded a couple hundred hours of these singings going on in the church. And they took this really amazing Revox, a real, real tape recorder, which is, you know, just phenomenal unit and put microphones in there and just did amazing recordings of the shape note singing. And I know we're going to play some, but if you haven't heard it on the reel to reel, which most people won't. It just, you can't comprehend the richness of it from the other versions of it. It's, it's just, it's like you're there in the room, the depth of it and the reverberation. And it's like you're, you're participating in the song when you hear it played back from the real to real recording. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. So the quality of that is phenomenal. They were, they were doing it as a half track. Um, the reel to reel, wow. and that's just, I'd say, like studio quality amazing. recordings that these kids were doing, and it's a, it is amazing. And so amazing. they only put out the one tape, though, right, of Christian Harmony, or were there multiple publications of that recording? They only did one tape of Christian Harmony, but they did do another tape on gospel singing. Okay, and that's a little bit different. So some people had transitioned to gospel, and gospel is nothing like what you would think of gospel today when, mm -hmm. you, when you were to hear this gospel singing. 
it tends to have a piano with it and the piano sounds really to me like a ragtime so it's really highly syncopated upbeat okay almost the opposite of yeah, christian harmony <laughs> and i mean you could do a really cool comparison of something like amazing grace that we have in the gospel singing it sounds like a, a scott joplin tune almost where there's just da -da -da -da. so it's upbeat even though it's a sad song it's being played in an upbeat manner and then christian harmony even if it's an upbeat it's lyrics still it still sounds sad mournful yeah. yeah they're they're totally different and i know one of the interesting things about some of the people that were interviewed is that you know a lot of people associate bluegrass with the mountains mm -hmm. i mean it's like mountains are bluegrass music well the people that were singing shape note like richard moss and esco pitts in particular comes to mind they didn't like bluegrass music no they didn't even like it they did not like it huh and people would come in the younger generation they would start singing shape note like it was bluegrass by singing it faster and bouncier and they would say you're bluegrass in it and that was an insult <laughs> they weren't complimenting it at all it's like <laughs> they did not like the bluegrass sound it's kind of like how people didn't like rock and roll at one yeah. point you know it was like this different music coming in that it wasn't what they're used to i was reading that some of the roots of country music though can be traced to shape note because like the carter family right that's right learned it from a shape mm -hmm. note teacher right absolutely it all connects together in some ways mm -hmm. Well, especially I think in terms of lyrics, or even if the melodic styles are changing, you can get the same sense of storytelling from folk ballads and shape note music and gospel music and right. country in a way that I think is kind of missing in other areas of music. Yeah, a lot of people, they take an old song and then do kind of a modern mm -hmm. twist to it. It's interesting how music has changed pretty quickly in the mountains. I don't know of many people that are carrying on the folk ballad tradition and certainly don't know of any that are doing it in the really old style mm -hmm. you know i don't know of anyone there may be i hope there is such a shame it is but we're really lucky that we have what we have mm -hmm. i know students were recording these in the early 1980s and people even then in the 1980s were saying how it was changing mm -hmm. and certainly that was 40 years ago that's changed even more since then so like our our oral traditions and our interviews with having dialect in it that doesn't exist anymore we have some of the music that isn't really being performed the way it was yeah you know when richard moss sings he's singing it like his father sung it 100 years earlier so he's carrying on that tradition which is really amazing and we're really lucky to have recordings of that yeah i mean definitely. it's really really awesome it's like you're hearing how this was sung before 1900 unchanged you know it's just it's basically amazing. unchanged yeah and i i love that about all of our music recordings i mean we have songs from ann airy and um you know, leonard webb and all those people who, who are playing it and singing it very much in a style that would just otherwise be completely lost right that's right because that oral tradition has just been severed yes you know, which is a shame and that's but. the beauty of the foxfire program in itself is that it, it captured yeah. all of these traditions yeah that would have been lost mm -hmm. they would have been lost and a lot of it is lost because technology started coming in you had you know tourism coming in media yeah. television all these other influences education yeah. And it, it really started changing really fast. Yeah, I definitely think 
especially in the past several decades with the, the drastic changes in technology has really encouraged a shift to more like nationalized or globalized culture. Right. So a lot of these regional traditions are just, they're yeah, just they're, gone. They're just going away, Completely I call gone. it. It's homogenized. Yes, it's absolutely. Like it's homogenized. So, but we're very fortunate in what we have and very fortunate that we can share this music with you today. Well, without further ado, we'll play these songs for you. And if you have any comments or questions about Shape Note music, please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is itstilllives at foxfire.org, or you can always visit our website, www.foxfire.org slash podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I hope we'll all be shouting together in that morning. We'll sing that song and I hope we'll all meet shouting together in the morning.
Now, this is Richard Moss singing uh, his old-time Christian harmony shape note singing. That's uh, probably a lot of you have heard me before. Not hearing anything too good, I don't <laughs> But for our first number, we're going to sing I Do Me. This is a minor song.
Time has made a change in the 